welcome to the Church Office podcast and thank you for joining us if you're on the video today. Uh, we've got Joe Black with us and we are talking about church communication. So we've brought in an expert, which you are. Well, I hope so. And uh, Joe's part of the church here and married to Conrad and two beautiful girls who my girls, my kids absolutely adore and love. Oh, so. well, the feeling's mutual. I think your children teaching mine some ballet, ballet. have endeared them <laughs> it is enjoyable. So, Joe, tell us a bit about your work, your profession, because this is you are the expert in this area, definitely. Well, um, I don't know about expert, but uh, I am a communications manager for Public Health Wales. I um, study journalism at Cardiff University. And after university, I worked um, in Cardiff University. And then um, I moved to the NHS and all of my roles have been in media, communications, public relations, marketing, campaigns. So at the moment in Public Health Wales, we're still in the middle of the, oh man, the coronavirus pandemic. Oh massive year that's been for you, yep. communicating to the world. Yes, it's um, been um, an interesting time. Yeah. And so um, at the moment I'm leading all of the proactive communications for um, coronavirus for Public Health Wales. Yeah. But in peacetime, normally... I would be um, working on um, campaigns to help people um, stop smoking or lead a healthier life or encourage them to go and get um, cervical screening, for example, um, as well as dealing with outbreaks of infectious diseases. So leading on the um, uh, press releases, media interviews, uh, communicating to the public about yeah those things and using a whole range of things I, I love it when you say to me you're buying advertising on Facebook and all these different things and your budgets and stuff I, I just love yeah. the fact that yeah you're so involved in this world and and I know for me personally I've got so much to learn in this area um, well that's the nature of communications is that it's all constantly changing and we're all learning all the time I think the really important thing to remember is Every advance in technology brings new learning with it. So, you know, a while back, I I work with people who can remember sending um, press releases out through the post, yeah, and yeah. then faxes, fax across to the yeah, and then media. emails, and now social media. So it's yeah. changing all the time. Yeah. It's huge. Try and keep ahead of it. Yeah. And today we want to talk about it in a kind of church context. And I know, Joe, you've written uh, a brilliant article that's available on the website, um, which I just thought was great. Just a really good starter. And our communications officer at our church here, who's part time, uh, Catherine, she was just like, I love this article. This is like the foundation of what I need to be doing and how I need to be thinking. Um, and the key message to start is the right message to the right people. At the, at the right, right time, time. That's for it. the glory of God. I just, yeah, add that little tag in there and that yeah. is that is the job. Well, that's it. I mean, normally in my work, um, you know, we would uh, say that the right message to the right people at the right time is crucial. Yeah. And when you're, um, whether you're working, you know, for the NHS as I do or for a private company or wherever, or for the church. Actually, everything we're doing is for the glory yeah, of yeah, God. Yeah, absolutely right. And um, it's a struggle that I have every day to keep God front and centre of my work, to remember who actually my ultimate boss is. But I think in the church, it's even clearer because everything we're doing, all of the communications we're putting out, are to tell people about the gospel. Yeah. And we don't have a... A more important job than that yeah, really absolutely right yeah it's a it's a message that transforms people's lives isn't it the gospel absolutely. the good news and I suppose for many churches who might be listening to this podcast they've probably in the last year been thrust into social media into communicating and you know having to change and adapt and and work it and I suppose the question now is is what do they do going forward um and I you know nobody's probably got a a communication strategy and mm -hmm. um, they may not have had that gone down to that level of detail yeah um I, we've all kind of just been winging it maybe uh, including us <laughs> well including me that's how i live my life basically um i think if if a church is planning a communication strategy 
first of all, I would say that's really, really excellent. Yeah. Because so many times we see um, people just starting things without thinking about what the overall aim is, how they're going to know if what they're trying to do is successful. So a communication strategy can um, really help crystallize your thinking. So there are some really important sections to have in any communication strategy. The overall aim you've got to kind of think of first, what the overarching aim is. The overarching aim might be um, tell more people about the gospel. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's very... It's a big goal. <laughs> yeah, it's a massive goal. So we need to break it down yeah. into a kind of smarter way so it might be to tell more students about the gospel between this date and this date um and then once you've kind of clarified that then you can go into the objectives and you can think about okay if my overall aim is to tell students about the gospel in the first term of university at this campus at this point yeah um then you will know you can deliver that through events, through um, targeted social media mm -hmm. messages, through flyers, through um, drop-in sessions. Yeah. There are lots of different ways that you can do that. And I would say um, in any, whenever you're planning anything like this, it's really important to have some key messages. Yeah. So the key messages for the gospel are pretty great, yeah, pretty yeah, clear. Yeah. Um, but it's worth just repeating them, writing them down, refining them. Because with key messages, what we always say, people are busy, people are forgetful, people have so much stimulus and they have so much information bombarded at them all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. So you need to think, if someone only remembers three things about what you've said, those are your three key messages and they have to be short and they have to be memorable. Yeah. So you need to really think about the key messages and you need to make them personal to your audience. If you know that your audience in this case, in this example, are students, yeah. um, students are on the whole young, they are um, at a time of time in their life where they their social relationships are very important to them and um, perhaps money is going to be an issue for them, you know, precarious employment, working in bars and pubs and things yeah. um, where there might not be a steady income, so they might be living kind of with the expenses of university as well. Um, all of these factors are going to be really important to them. So to understand your audience, you have to really put yourself in their shoes in a really detailed way. And from that, you will know what kind of messages will land best. So it would be pointless talking to them about, well, not pointless, but you wouldn't make one of your key messages when you're talking to students um, about uh, mortality, yeah. as you might when you're talking to <laughs> yeah. people in um, a care home, yeah, yeah. for example. Yeah. You try to reach out to their... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah you wouldn't necessarily make one of the key messages for students something around raising children because they're not generally at that life stage. But you would make um, a key message for them something around um, uh, how, the, how, how the gospel means that you are loved and accepted mm -hmm. yes. despite how you look, how you behave, what you do. Yeah. Um, and that actually all of those things you're doing, someone has paid the price for those. Um, so you've really, so the key messages will be shaped by who you're talking to. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think that is something that we often overlook because we have something that we want to say and we're just going to broadcast it yeah. out regardless yeah. of whether people want to hear it or not. Yeah. Um, so taking the time to think about your audience is a really, really important step. Yeah, I think that's such a good point because I don't think I have valued that or given enough time to that. I think uh, often our default for social media usage might be, let's get the message out there. 
and we need to pump the information out and nobody thinks about the end user mm -hmm. you know in the same way as what you're talking about there there's actually a, a really detailed thought and plan of right yeah. if we're going to target this group how do we need to communicate if we're going to target this group uh, the same applies absolutely and it's useful to think that way yeah and then also once you've um, looked at who your target audience are then the ways that you target them become much clearer yeah. because if you're looking at students generally um, you know straight away that uh, social media is going to be um, you know they're all going to be digital natives they've all grown up with it so they will expect to receive information um, on social media mm -hmm. and then you need to go a little bit deeper as well with that because you know we're in our 40s yeah. now Gav <laughs> hard to believe because yeah. I know I only look 21 <laughs> so Same. no one ever um even when I was 21 I looked about 40 so um but not true. with the students um Facebook, for example, yeah. would be something that is very normal to yeah. us. But with students, actually, Facebook, the demographics of the people who use Facebook, it's changed, isn't it's it? changed yeah. massively. Yeah. It's, it's the older age groups that are more on it. And so if you're looking at reaching out to students, Instagram, they're all on Instagram um, and TikTok. And so if you think about those are the platforms that you're going to speak to students. Actually, then it comes down to how do they like to receive information? What kind of information will they engage with best? Is it going to be a, pic a picture of an email? Yeah. No, never. Yeah. <laughs> Is it going to be yeah. um, a video of someone talking? Yeah. Yes. Is it going to be... Um, questions that get some um, comments going. Yes, that's much, much better. So um, especially with the younger age groups, they um, they expect all of the communication to be two-way, yes. not just broadcast. Just not, yeah, yeah. It needs to be, we're going out to them to, to find out what's important to them, to ask questions, to take the time to engage with people online. And that's another thing that people often underestimate. We call it community management. But um, taking the time to reply to people yes. online, yeah. to ask questions, to say, to ask a question on social media and take time to answer people when they have questions or yeah. join in with the discussion. That's really important. That shows people that you're a church that listens, that respects their views, that wants to know them. And that's often overlooked. Yes. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And that's that's really helpful. And you can apply those principles right across, you know, mm -hmm. just, just that little bit more thought, I think, into this whole area, which is good. Yeah. And I don't know what other churches' experience are. We've got a, a part-time person who does communications here. And I suppose in some ways it's taken us time to, to get the church leaders to go, right, this is an important role. Mm -hmm. um, and how do we actually use this role? There are lots of people that are still trying to, to learn and to get leaders on board with the need for somebody in this kind of role. Yeah. Um, or you might be somebody who's voluntary, who you've been a smaller church and your church leader thinks, yeah, this is important, but they can't do it. And so they've asked yeah. you to volunteer in this role. Um, I've come across lots of people that have been in contact over those kind of questions of, man, what am I going to do? What do I say? Mm -hmm. And typically those smaller churches, it's often just getting information out. Yeah. Just communicating, you know, dates and times, events, mm -hmm. Bible studies at this day, at this house, you know, all those things. Mm -hmm. um, and I suppose one of the things that that we that I've been challenged as I've read more into communication is how do we use it to bring stories? How do we yeah. use it to ask questions, like you're saying? How do we uh, use it to bring testimonies? Mm -hmm. How do we bring people? How do how do we make what's going on in the life of the church known to to all, isn't it? Rather than just those bits of yeah. seven o'clock here, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think there is definitely a role for um, the information. People need yeah. to know this. Yeah what's going on in the life of the church but people can also get to know a church through the stories that that they hear and um case studies 
are a really, really good way of getting straight to people's hearts and minds. Um, If you think about uh, when you read a newspaper, although to be honest, I can't remember the last time I read a newspaper. (laughs) If you uh, think about the stories that you look at when you're scrolling through a news website, um, do you... What comes to life more, the dry stories that are talking about facts and figures or the stories that have someone in there, yeah. a human interest yeah, yeah, angle, yeah, yeah. Telling, that, yeah. telling you how this news story has affected them personally. Yeah. And that's the same in any other situation. We all love stories. We're humans. We love to hear what's important to other people. And that's why... Um, you know, I, I would say God is the ultimate communicator because he uses our stories for his glory. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I remember um, a friend was telling me that she had um, a friend who was an engineering student and he was really sceptical. He didn't believe in God. He okay. thought it was all bonkers. Yeah. And um, she finally managed to convince him to come to church with her one Sunday when they were at university. And um, they went in, um, there was the worship time. He thought it was a bit strange yeah. that these people were waving their hands <laughs> in the air, you know. But he went He got it. through that bit. Yeah, just about. <laughs> and um, then the message was on um, the building of the ark. Okay. It was on the specific, you know, how many cubits Sizes high and, and everything yeah, else. Yeah. All of yeah. the dimensions. Love and um, my friend was thinking... Oh no, this is the worst yeah. possible um, sermon. It's so Just dry. preach the gospel to him. <laughs> yeah. Where, where is the gospel? This is so yeah. dry. This is so yeah. boring to me. Yeah. And um, they came out and he was massively affected. Yeah, he loved it. Because he was an engineering student. Yeah. And the, the kind of beauty of the um, measurements involved and the preciseness um, Just blew spoke away. to him yeah. in a way that uh, I suppose something else might not have. And God knew exactly what he needed yeah. to hear at that time yeah, to him. It was the perfect message for him. And, you know, that's that's where it's really important not to... Think of communications only in what appeals to us, because um, God can use anything. Yeah, yeah, it's so true, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, we've got a God who, yeah, speaks to us in various different ways. Yeah, so true. And the power of a testimony mm-hmm. or a story of a life changed because of Christ. Yeah, it is. It is massive, isn't it? The impact is is huge. And to adopt some of those stories into our communications program is essential isn't it it is i mean people people love hearing how people have been saved and how god has been working and actually that's a really quick and easy way to um get people to know more about your church Yeah, yeah you know you you don't really have to do anything as a church administrator or as a church communicator all you need to do is point a camera, point your phone at someone yes. and get them to record their story or yeah. even ask them to record it and send it to you so it's <laughs> even easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's great because hearing the gospel told in a way that's authentic and yeah. real yes. and showing the power through that person's story yeah, yeah, is yeah. so helpful. Yeah, And it can also be helpful in bringing to life a lot of the services that a church will Mm -hmm. run as well, things like mums and toddlers, um, food banks, addiction services, drop-ins for various groups. It's really helpful. If you can gather case studies, I would really encourage you to do so. Whether it's a film that you record on your phone or um, with, you know, camera equipment if you have it, or whether it's um, just written down, because keeping a bank of those stories that show the impact that the services that you're running are making, those are so valuable. 
And actually, they're a really good asset. And from that, you can build lots of communications around them. So, for example, if you're um, trying to let your local community know that the food bank that you run is open and, you know, you know there are people in the community who are hungry, you know there are more organisations who could be working with you to help people actually going to the local newspaper or the you know media outlet to say we run this service mm. we'd like more people to know about it here are some stories of people who have used it and this is what they say about it you know any media service is going to love a, a personal story a, a public interest story um and that's a really quick way and it's a free way to get your message yeah, out yeah, yeah. to yeah. a huge amount of people that otherwise might not have heard it. And I do think um, people are sometimes really scared of working okay. with media. Yeah. We've all heard stories yes. about journalists stitching people yeah. up and things. And actually for the vast majority of journalists, that's just not how they operate, especially on a local level. Um, local media are really, really stretched. They have journalists who are expected to turn over tons of stories each day and they want to reflect what's important for their local what's going community. On. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So working, working with the local media is a really, really great way. Being honest with journalists, I mean, I would say... It's good to remember mm -hmm. that everything you say to them is on the record. Whether you say it's on the record or not, it doesn't matter. It's on the record. It might be, it might not be on camera or on the microphone, but everything is on the record. So I'd say be measured um, in what you're saying, but it's a really great way of getting, you know, showing the local community what the church can do. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's absolutely great, Joe. I love that. And I suppose I want to take a step back here a little bit. And I suppose gathering people's information to be able to use it in various mm -hmm. different ways than what we're talking, which we didn't cover initially, I suppose. That is crucial, isn't it? Having up-to-date systems and yes. databases and information. And I assume that is a, a big part of the job as well. Absolutely, yeah. If you're processing any information, you've got to make sure that you're doing it um, by the letter of the law. So here in the UK in the last few years, we've had the introduction of GDPR, yeah. which has been great. It's been yeah. a real headache as well, yeah, yeah. but it's been great um, because it means that people have a bit more control over how their data is used. So that's really positive. So I would, I would just say to anyone who is looking at collecting any form of personal data including just a story yes you need to have express permission from the person featured in yes. that story yeah. so it may be that for example with a food bank the person doesn't want to give their name that's absolutely fine but you need their name to make sure you're able to contact them or they're able to contact you if they decide to withdraw their story being used. So even if they're not named in that story, even if you don't have a picture of them, they can still withdraw consent for you uh, being able to use their story. So it's really important to just educate yourself about the GDPR rules. Yeah to make sure that in everything you're doing you have express written um, permission and that can be over email that can be a piece of paper that someone has signed it's really important to have that if you like gav i can give you a template um consent form yeah, to, to go on the website and that can be used for filming photography anything like excellent that. yeah that would be great um and it's really important to keep that. I personally like to, I don't trust myself, I lose a lot of things. Um, and so it's really important to, um, I would say, take scan a copy of that and save that somewhere safe. Um, and people have the right to um, withdraw consent, as I've said, but that also gives you, um, having that consent there, it gives you some ammunition if 
if people start querying whether you do have the right to yeah, share the story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. I think if you're a pastor and you're responsible for communications or you don't have anyone else helping you, then, then yeah, please look out for these templates. We'll, we'll add mm-hmm. them onto the website and, and make them available. And I, I know lots of churches locally have got things in place. And uh, I know through my conversation with Gavin at Church Suite, you know, their system you know it's so helpful in managing different people's yeah. preferences and you can change your preferences at times yourself yeah. by logging onto the app and, absolutely and so there are tools out there that can help us to do this which are easy and and at a small cost of you know between 15 to, to maybe 50 60 pounds a month yeah um, that will serve you and to be enabling you to do that so we have a very basic package with church suite that allows us to store information manage people's gdpr preferences mm-hmm. We're able to communicate people with a text or an email, remind people of rotors, all those things that happen in the background. We can do through this one tool, and I know there are other tools on the market and available, Mm. but there is that kind of essential work, isn't it, that goes on behind the scenes. We've got to keep this place running. We need people to serve. We've got all those communications going on. Um, and that that side of it can be managed with a, a really good tool. Exactly, and I think um, it kind of echoes what we're saying here as yes. well. With in that kind of collection process, you give people um, people record their preferences for how they like to be communicated with. You know, email, text, yeah. phone calls, whatever. And if you look at that, I bet there's a real mix. Oh for yeah, how people it's really prefer. interesting. Yeah, and it's the same generally with all communications. People don't like just one way to find out information. And everyone is different. We all have our preferences for how we like to receive information because we're all different. You know, we're all different types of learners. Some of us are visual. Some of us are experiential. And it's the same with communications and how we um, receive messages. Yeah, it's such a good point. And and, and I, I think when GDPR first came out, I probably took a, not a negative, but I thought, all oh, right, we've got to, got, there's a lot of work for us to do to get this. You weren't you know, the only one that compliant. thought like that, Gavin. And then I had a conversation with Gavin from Church Street, and he said to me, oh, actually, I really see it in a really positive way mm-hmm. because. I've now got people's preferences of how they want to be communicated with, that if I want to drive through a message or you yeah. know make the most of it, I know exactly what I need to do yeah. to contact this person. Yeah. And it, it really changed my perspective mm. on it and actually thought this is a really helpful mm. change that if we yeah if we're going to reach younger people to say right we've got this event running we need 50 people to serve you think how do you get 50 people in a in a weekend yeah you can text some you can email some you can put it on facebook you can you know get on the phone um, and ring and you know what people want and and you can do it much more quickly so it really does help you uh, in your work and if you're a church administrator then you know getting some of these things in place organizing some of these things in the background will make Mm -hmm. your life so much easier i think yeah absolutely and i think that's um true of anything isn't it we're people who enjoy um hearing messages in different ways so there's there's um a general kind of rule that we need to see a message around about seven times to for it to sink in and and really you know as i said it's quite depressing isn't it seven times (laughs) Oh, wow. I know. Yeah. We get bombarded with an awful lot of information, so yes. we need to hear something at yes. least seven times for it to be memorable, for it to resonate, for us to really kind of, for it to stick in our heads. And um, that's why if you're communicating through a variety of mechanisms, yeah. um, you know, text, email, social media, messages at the front of a Sunday, uh, flyers, you're increasing the chances of people seeing that message and that message sticking in their yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's right, absolutely right. So church notices, come on, I'm, I do the church notices. Oh, um, they're terrible. Oh, shocking. <laughs> Somebody shooting now. Um, yeah, what what advice have you got for, for people? Because it's, you know, lot. Every, I suppose every church I've been to has a notices segment, whether it's yeah. at the, you know, the start or the end um, of the meeting. I always feel quite nervous doing them because I think, I'm, you know, we've kind of sung our worship, we're into notices and then we're into the word. And kind of that transition is like, right, want to be anything too funny anything too crazy you know yeah. because i want people to focus on the word but at the same time 
often the message cannot be as clear as it could be. Um, so what advice have you got for church notices? Because a lot of people might use videos in yeah, them. And, absolutely. And, and, you know, lots of ideas. I suppose it's an area where you can be quite creative, isn't it? You can, absolutely. And I think the more creative, the better. I'd say as a guiding principle, I think I would go back to the way people like to receive messages and your audience. So when mm -hmm. you're up front on a Sunday morning, you've got a huge variety of people there. You'll have people there who are perhaps hard of hearing. You'll have people there who are trying to shush a child. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so having, as well as speaking the notices, I think it's worth also um, if there's a projector behind yeah, you some sort or a of visual, screen, yeah. yeah, I think it's worth putting them on there as well so that people can read or hear them. I think that's, um, you know, that would be the great to have yeah, if, yeah. if your church can do that. But I think the notices also give visitors a real insight into the culture of the church. Mm -hmm. You would expect to a certain extent, you know, hopefully the gospel to be preached where, yes. in whichever church you are. But the the notices are the time for people to get a really good impression of the life of your church yeah, that's, that's a helpful going on reminder, yeah. and so you know i really love it when we've had um in the past we've had people coming up and sharing their testimony just yeah. for two minutes really quickly during the notices or um we've had you know i always love a, a wedding an engagement announcement oh, and a yeah. new baby and announcement yeah, yeah i love it um, but those things really help people get a sense of the church. And so I think the more creative you are, the more inclusive you are, making sure that you're, the person giving the notice is fun and engaging and warm, that can really draw people in. And so, um, you know, I think the notices are really good, important um part of church communication morning, yeah. so as well as um speaking them and and uh featuring them on a screen as well i think it's worth just following up on social media as well if it's appropriate you know if you're an announcing an engagement you've got to make sure that the people who are engaged are okay for you to put that on social media yes. um but <laughs> yeah. following it up there it just means that you hit the most amount of people possible with that message yeah no that's so helpful i think the flavor of church life is what you're saying you know the the notices could be almost like the family time isn't it yeah you know what's been going on in the family what can we celebrate what can we enjoy mm -hmm. what do we need to let folk know about yeah um i i love all of that and it's interesting at the minute because we're doing multiple services and, and you know as, as churches a lot of churches are probably doing that that it's interesting, again, thinking about our audience, because our first service is typically those who might be older, those without kids. Um, and our second service is all families. It's noisier, it's busier, you know, and you've got those two contrasting things. And actually, I could actually need, you know, need to give a bit more thought into how I deliver, you know, the two, because they, yeah. they are different, aren't they? They are, absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, the second service with families... Um and, you know, I know from personal yeah. experience. The carnage, the noise. Yes, and the, the constant, mum, can I have a snack? <laughs> yeah. uh, especially during prayers. Yeah. Unfortunately, that seems to be yeah. the maximum time they ask for yeah. snacks. Um, <laughs> the quietest moments. <laughs> it's always the quietest moments. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think knowing your audience, yeah. knowing your demographics yeah. in those it applies here doesn't it in the notices yeah, yeah as exactly. well as just on social media so no it really does that mm. that is um so so helpful um any other tips for social media so yes. following up the notices you know i know you've said that you're going to write some more articles for us on kind of mm -hmm. specific areas but but you know i'm terrible at facebook and i'm having to learn and so doing the church office has kind of propelled me into right how do i do this yeah. how do i how do I set this up? Using a scheduling tool, you know, yeah. things like that I've had to learn um, and thrown in the deep end. So help me. I know you've helped me in, in, in the behind oh, the scenes. I'll try. Um, yeah, and I need a lot of help. Um, but yeah, what are some of the tips that you've got here um, for this? First of all, I just wanted to say that we are all always tempted. I am, even though I know the law, 
um, to use images. This is a real bugbear of okay, mine, which is oh, why yeah. I'm leading with yeah. this. We're all tempted to use images that we see on a search engine and think, oh, that's nice. I'll just copy and paste that into uh, my post. Please don't do that because you don't have the right to share that image and you could land yourself with a fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I've worked. It's I'm not wor worth it. Is it's it? not worth yeah. it. I'm working with a charity at the moment, and they've just had a fine for almost two thousand pounds for doing that. Um, don't do it. Only share images that you have the right to share. If, for example, if you're the person that took that photo or yeah. or took that video, or um, or if you know you know the person who took it, and they give you permission, that permission. Yeah, that's right. written. Yeah. Um, then you can or go to a website that has royalty-free images that you can use. Um, but please, please don't just go to Google and copy and paste oh, yeah. one of those. Because a good image, though, helps in social oh, media, doesn't massively. it? It just massively draws people to, that's why it's to such, see it. Yeah, it's, that's why people we, want to do we it. use it, yeah. Yeah, yeah when yeah. you see a really great image, you know, it sticks in your mind. Yes. And you really want to use it because you know it can really um, stick in other people's yeah, yeah, mind. Yeah, absolutely right. But only if you're allowed. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good first point. Yeah, it. it is. Yeah, and <laughs> and certainly if you're doing this in a kind of voluntary role or something yeah. for your church, you may you know shortcut get this picture off Google yeah. and actually find that actually you're not serving the organisation no. by doing that because exactly. it, it is you know it is illegal and we want to we want to be upright and do yeah. you know be righteous in those areas so yeah we we have to lead by example and sometimes it's really annoying because you see a really great picture that you're just not allowed to use but and the point here i think for me is that i'm often scrambling to these free websites because i haven't planned it in i haven't thought about it in advance what wouldn't it be wonderful to to get like a a group together in your church that love taking pictures that okay we're going to do this teaching series so we're going to need lots of images in this area mm -hmm. you know would you take some would you serve the church in this area yeah and, and, this and that comes doesn't back happen to, does it absolutely but this comes back to a communications plan yeah. if you're planning your communications in advance you can see okay if we're going out on social media about this particular topic to this particular audience social media by its very nature is visual and you're going to need images really engaging images with what whatever you do um, any social media post that's just text mm -hmm. performs much worse than one that is text and picture or video so it's a good rule of thumb to always make sure you've got a really good image or video to go with it. And if you know that that's what you need, if you're in a church that has people who are gifted in this, or even people who just enjoy doing it, yeah, yeah, yeah. then great, make yeah. use of them. Because that content creation, you can share the burden in generating this content with people who, if, you, if you're if you not naturally good at it, you can go out to people yeah, who are. Right, yeah. And it's free. People generally love, you know, to see the fruits of their labor, their yeah. photographs or films being used. And it's free and it's easy and it's inclusive. It brings all members into working yeah. for the church. And technology is so good now that you don't have to have a specialized camera, do you? You know, so, no. you know, I'm provoked to, you know, we've got a small group going of teens who are learning some sort of uh, video editing skills, you know, because mm -hmm. the church is always going to need videos, aren't we, to communicate stories, to communicate the gospel, to, you know, to share, you know, yeah. we've got this new ministry going and we want to make a big impact, so we're going to do a video and thinking, yeah. how can we train the next generation um, in some of these areas and use it for the glory of God? Yeah, you know, absolutely. That's... that's really good. And then what they're doing is they're creating things that resonate for them. Mm. So it's going to resonate for other people like them as well. Whereas if we were creating things for the teens, I mean, I'd be probably talking about Tamagotchis and Furbies or something. <laughs> so, you know, it's yeah. not great. No, it's interesting. And and there are so many different aspects of church, aren't there, that, mm -hmm. that require you know, I, I suppose requires some social media activity yeah. that unless you've got a plan, 
you might be overemphasizing one particular ministry area over another. You may not have the fullness of something. Exactly. It, you know, going back to that plan, that that is yeah. essential, isn't it? The planning is essential. I would say if um, if you're just starting out and you're thinking that your church needs a social media profile, or you're thinking that we should probably. Um, what's a, it's a really good exercise to take a couple of hours and write um, 30 posts yeah. as short as you possibly can because although Twitter is the only one that has a um, character limit actually we know people don't really read very much you yeah. know? so if yeah. you can it's condense snippet, things yeah. into you know, brevity is a skill and it gets better with practice but if you can condense your message and if you can Take yourself away for a couple of hours and just write, um, say, 30 different messages on things going on in your church at the moment. You will then know you have enough content, you have enough things going on to warrant a social media profile. Because there's nothing worse than a social media profile that you encourage everyone <laughs> to join yeah. and it doesn't do it anything. It hasn't been updated yeah. since last year or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine that happening, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. It's, it's pointless. Social media by its very nature is engaging and it's two-way and if you're not going to be um, investing your time in it, yeah. then it's it's almost better not to have not it, to do really, it. Yeah. than to do it poorly. Yeah. Yeah, um, or to outsource it to someone in the church who is really strong on social media. But writing writing in advance is, I would say, a really helpful thing to do. And um, it it's hard to do. I would say when, when I ask people to go away and write, um, you know, a bank of social media posts... Mm-hmm. It's really difficult to do, even if you know the subject, your church, the gospel, actually coming up with creative, inventive, short messages is a skill that you will get better at the longer you do it. But it's okay to struggle at first. I think a lot of people struggle and think, oh, this isn't for me, this isn't for me. But actually, it's, it's fine to struggle and it's normal to struggle. Um, and then I would pass those on. I would just write them normally, you know, in a Word document or something. And I would pass those on to someone else. It's always good to have um, another pair of eyes checking to to check that what you're saying makes sense and is relevant. And um, then I would uh, use something like Hootsuite or, you know, any of the other social media planning tools that are out there to plan it in yes because then your social media profile looks like it's regularly updated but you can do that you know two weeks a month in advance yeah that's right um it's it's always good to just review the schedule that you've got here and there just to check that you're not saying anything that in light of a new you know a new news story or something could be read differently so it's always worth just double checking that but you, you can have a bank of social media tweets or posts ready to go, and that's really helpful. You can invest a couple of hours, once a month, say, yeah. to have that ready, and then you know you've got a steady stream, and then anything else you put on social media or on top of that is yes. a benefit. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. That's really helpful. And, um, you know, encourage people to take their time to write these plans mm-hmm. and work with your, your leadership teams to do mm-hmm. that. And, um, you know, if you if your church is not doing any social media posts and you think, I could really serve the church in this way, then then put something down on paper and present it to Absolutely. your your leaders. You, you could be key in, in getting the gospel message further and yeah. extending the kingdom through your church, through social media, through comms work. Exactly, yeah, because as we've said before, God is the ultimate communicator. He can save people through social media. He can save people through email, through Sunday morning notices, through a flyer. He can use any of these things for his good. And I I saw it in... um, in my person in in my life you know my story i didn't grow up in a christian house at all i i um i didn't believe in 
in God. You know, I thought people who did believe in God just weren't mentally strong enough <laughs> to realise that weak. when you die, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And um, my dad was um, Jewish and he was lapsed. He, you know, we never went to temple or anything like that. And after university, I um, moved in with um, so, uh, into a shared house. I actually went to the Yellow Pages. That's how old I am. <laughs> um, I went to the Yellow Pages and the first kind of letting agency, it was called Guardian Letting. <laughs> and I thought, oh, well, I'll give them a call and ask them if they've got any rooms in shared yeah. houses. So I phoned them up and the lady said, yes, we have. We've got a room in a shared house. It's all girls. Um, here's the number. So I phoned the number and I went over to look at the room and the girls seemed nice and the room seemed nice. And and we were having a cup of tea um, and the the two girls said, oh, you know, it's like the, it was clear they had a big announcement yeah. to make. They said, what oh, are they going to say here? Yeah. <laughs> Just to let you know, we're both Christians. I hope that's okay. And I thought, oh no, that's okay. so weird. But fine, here? I'll yeah. move in. At least I'll get Sunday mornings in the house to myself. <laughs> and um, it was through them. It was over the course of about yeah. um, four years. It was after my dad died um, that I became a Christian. Mm. And mm. seeing how they lived and um, hearing their stories probing them asking them horrible questions <laughs> constantly about god um i i in the end um asked to uh, go on a christianity explored course with one of them in their church and after that you know i i thought oh this all really makes sense you know the the talking it through had really made sense to me but in the back of my mind, I still kept thinking, have I just been brainwashed by a cult? <laughs> Is this real? Have I been duped? Uh, and I was a member of a book club yeah. and um, it was my turn to choose a book. And the book um, I chose was A Prayer for Owen Meany yeah, by John yeah. Irving. Yeah. And um, I loved the book. And um, there was a part in the book where um, the character Owen Meany is playing basketball with his friend on a court next to a Catholic school um, with a big statue of Jesus next to the court. Okay. And um, as they're playing, the sun goes down and they're discussing life and philosophy and... Um, the character one of the characters says to Owen Meany how do you know how do you believe when you can't see God and Owen Meany says well you can't see the statue next to us can you but you know it's there yeah 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 and that's how I feel about God yeah and that spoke to me so yeah. profoundly yeah. God used that yeah. That novel. text, yeah, novel. <laughs> to really say, not written for that purpose, exactly. But yeah, he used yeah. that line in that novel to say, yeah. "I'm here and I'm yeah. real. You haven't yeah, been yeah, brainwashed. Yeah. This, you know, yeah. this is true." Yeah, and uh, you know that just goes back to yeah, yeah, yeah. show that God knew that I, I love reading, I love books, mm -hmm. and He used a book to show yeah. that. He is yeah. real and he is yeah, my saviour. Yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah. that's how he works. I so don't that. underestimate any of the things you do. Don't Absolutely. think that any yeah. of them... Listen to this, this is good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, don't think that anything you're doing is unimportant or doesn't matter or, you know, God can use anything you do for his glory to save people, to pierce their hearts about the gospel. So everything you do start it by thinking god can use this god can use me my tiny effort whatever i'm doing god can use it for his yeah. glory yeah absolutely right yeah connecting that practical work of serving a church exactly. with communication you know can 
you know, yeah, lead people to the gospel. Yeah, it can save their life. Yeah, change yeah. their life forever. Yeah. And that's sweet, isn't it? That, you know, as we do kind of our outreach posts, you know, of, you know, Alpha, Christianity Explored, mm-hmm. Food Bank, or any of the other community projects that we're involved in, isn't it wonderful to be able to pray alongside some of these social media posts? Yeah. You know, and that connects what you're doing to ministry, doesn't it? And yeah. and makes it real. Say, so actually, I'm going to pray that, God, would you open someone's eyes to this post? Would they be drawn by it? Would they come and ask the questions? Yeah. Um, and the same God who saves people, who opens their eyes to him, is the same God that you can pray to when you're there with a blank piece of paper thinking, what am I going to write now? He's the one that will help you write those things, who will help you plan out those tweets, who will help you in that minutiae because he knows he can use anything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. So connect church comms to the gospel, isn't it? That's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a message we want to keep on saying that how do we find the link between the practical thing that we're doing here in advertising or communicating to the gospel and and enjoy that and remind yourself of you know the value and and yeah. you're right i love the fact that in your article you talk about you know god came down to us he came and communicated with us he came and approached us he came and opened our yeah. eyes with the gospel yeah and uses so many different means and we can be a part of that story yeah like that bigger story of of yeah. the gospel going out and changing people's lives it's yeah. an unstoppable gospel and, it is. and we're part easy. of that so uh I love that. So there's so much more we could say on this topic and maybe we'll call it here for mm-hmm. a day. Um, but Joe, you know, I love your writing and your article was great. So give us everything you've got. You know, <laughs> I know there are churches that will benefit hugely from just, you know, oh. you know, reading and, and, and touching base on this topic. So, you know, the ultimate communicator is kind of like yeah. the series that we want to do. And it'll be yeah. some podcasts, maybe a videos, some articles. Yeah. Um, if you've got any questions um, that you've sat and listened and gone, oh, I'd really like to ask Joe that. And I, I usually just pick up the phone and give Joe a ring. Yeah, give me a ring. <laughs> <laughs> um, please get in contact with info at thechurchoffice.co.uk. Uh, we'd love to hear your questions. If we can, you know, just talking about the plan, I just think, right, everyone needs a plan here. A church needs a plan. Um, that That's going to be a topic I think that we'll cover. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can put up a, a template communications plan as yeah. well. That would be wonderful. And then, you know, check that you've got the right GDPR stuff in place. Mm-hmm. Check you've got the right policies to cover yeah. all the uh, the information that you're using and, and storing. So key messages there today. So, Joe, thank you very much for your time. Oh, pleasure. Thank you for having delight. me. Love the fact that we can hear about your story as well. And, and, you know, a life changed by the gospel. It's yeah. just amazing. And so thank you for being here. And, uh, yeah, check out the podcast uh, as it continues to develop in lots of different topics. So thank you for joining us.